the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! I have something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's, uh, big. a distress call. Where the hell is everybody? Now. What the hell is that? They're dead in the water. I got a really bad feeling about this. The ship's infested! Let's get the hell out of here! What the hell is that? Girl from Ipanema. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I'm CJ. I'm Micah. And this is a weekly show where we unthaw a different movie that comes in at or below 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we are in the middle of, or not in the middle, we're at the tail end <laughs> of, <laughs> uh, of Below Spooking, which is uh, our uh, now, uh, I guess, uh, annual Halloween thing where we do the exact same thing, but just about movies that are poorly lit. Um <laughs> And uh, this week we have uh, a really, you know, when I'm iffy on movies, I always call them interesting, quote unquote. (laughs) I would not call this movie interesting. That's that's the that's the rub there. That's the thing that's that's holding me back. So um, this is a movie that I've wanted to see for a very long time because when it comes to horror and stuff like that, I'm I'm a slasher person. And I'm a big monsters fucking shit up person. Mm-hmm. And um, with the, uh, and ev- everything else is kind of like, eh, okay, you know, ghosts, you know, slow, demented descents into madness, not my jam. As long as someone's got a knife or some, or some giant <laughs> tentacle thing is ripping stuff apart, that's my bag. Which is so, so funny because you're so much more squeamish than I am. And I'm like, not like gore. Eh. Well, okay. I didn't used to be though. That's the thing. I it, That's this true. this this aversion to gore has happened since I've like ter- since I like turned twenty four. Yeah, because I I showed what we do in the shadows with you when you were just like, but the blood though. I I I think I think the minute I got off of my parents' health insurance is when. <laughs> <laughs> That's what did it. <laughs> if this happens to me i gotta pay for this shit on my own no thank you (laughs) but uh but uh this week we are unthawing deep rising which is a monster movie from the 90s i have never seen and uh for this episode we're unthawing it with the nerds of nostalgia greg and genius hi thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having us it's We're always we're always honored and flattered when we have the chance to come on and lower the uh, the everything with another podcast there. So my apologies to your <laughs> listeners. Just set yeah, the bar low. Just set the bar lower on this episode right out the gate. So thank you, thank you for oh, slumming it up. No, with you, us. S- <laughs> you said it. So we watch <laughs> really bad movies on purpose. <laughs> I mean that at the end of the day, this is 
this is what we do. So um, I, we had one, I had wanted to have you guys on for a while. And I think the first thing I invited you on was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. And I gave y'all the option to do that. And y'all were like, no. And I was like, oh, it must be really bad. <laughs> well, we, we'll, we'll we, save it for next year. We're, we're, we're a podcast of positivity. And so... <laughs> We try to, we only, we really try to only talk about movies that we either never seen before or we genuinely like, and that's going to be a little bit difficult with that certain wow, Texas Chainsaw one. Have. Yeah, there's a reason that we're talking Deep Rising and not Texas right. Chainsaw the Next Generation. We'll save that to inflict on someone else. <laughs> so, um, I, uh... One thing, like I said, I'm a big monster movie person. I think it is fueled by, and maybe this is blasphemous to some, uh, my undying love for Roland Emmerich's 1998 Godzilla. And and here's the thing about that. I am aware that it is not a good Godzilla movie. Honestly, if you take away the name Godzilla with a lot of different movies, and that could be the, uh, the argument for remakes on a whole a lot of times, when you take away that familiar name and just look at it as a monster movie, it's a dope kaiju movie. Mm-hmm. It's like really cool, like giant monster fucking shit up, like you said earlier. Just everybody was like, hashtag not my Godzilla. And it was just like, it got a lot of just negative vibes out the gate because everybody has that expectation. But fuck it. I enjoy it too. Matthew Broderick and all. Put the 3,000 tons <laughs> of mackerel in the middle of Times Square. I thought mm-hmm. it worked best when it had the mini Godzillas running through Madison Square Garden. That was like proto Jurassic Park, and it was fucking scary. So yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm a big fan of the fact that this giant uh, mutated iguana, right, that's the size of like the Empire State Building, can somehow like tiptoe around New York City <laughs> and be all sneaky. <laughs> oh my god, I have never seen it, but y'all are selling it. Let me tell you, I'm ready to go watch it. <laughs> Just 300 tons of mackerel. Just plop. What What more do I need to know, honestly? A French, <laughs> French trans- iguanas, no less. French iguanas. This is true. Jean Reno is in the movie. Exactly. He's French getting chased iguana. by Leon the professional. <laughs> fucking <laughs> No women, no lizards. <laughs> so... So, uh, I think to transition from, like, Roland Emmerich into another sort of monster movie blockbustery director of the from the 90s steven summers directed this who directed you know men in black and and and, uh, other things and uh he was also one of the reasons i really wanted to watch it because i love men in black and um i think uh the blending of horror and action that happened in the 90s or like the 80s and 90s specifically was uh so grimy and like really i think um engaging in a way that when those things sort of get blended now it's usually for comedy and i liked that this one was just like no we're aliens on a boat Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're we're we we have we have no uh, other aspirations other than being aliens on a boat and we've got all the TV talent you want, including Treat Williams, aka TV's Kurt Russell. And oh. I am I wrong? No, wrong. no, no, no. That was so. <laughs> I'm a man though that loves both Kurt Russell and Treat Williams, and uh, yeah. 
to figure out that hierarchy, I just realized technically Russell is the superior, but I mean, but oh yeah, but I mean, he's called Treat Williams for a reason. Everything he's in, it's a fucking treat. So like. Micah seems like she disagrees, but before we get into that, (laughs) Micah, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes score and consensus pulled up? I do. So its score is 28% and the critics consensus is its fleeting glimpses of creature feature mayhem are certainly dumb fun, but deep rising cribs from far too many better movies to stand on its own. So, um, Greg and Genius. (laughs) Tell us what watching this in the theater was like. (laughs) Okay, now here's a confession. Um, I only recently experienced Deep Rising for the first time, and that was in June of this year. It took... Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to take this one over to Genius, because if we go back and do a little... uh, Go back in time there to uh, 1998. (laughs) What was it like there, Genius? It was fucking great. It was cool. (laughs) <laughs> it was just one of those old school uh, Friday night creature feature movies. And growing up, I loved those old like underwater monster movies and those like ones that don't take itself seriously and just wants to show off a cool monster and some good scares and like and just have a lot of fun with it. And it just felt like one of those kind of akin to like a, a Tremors or an eight legged freaks where it's just a good old school fashion creature feature. And frankly, when we were in there, everybody fucking ate it up. They're like, Oh yeah. You know I mean? It was like explosions and all that good stuff. And everybody had a good time and I still have a good time with it. So yeah, no, it was great. It wasn't like, like a screening of the room or anything. Nobody was like throwing forks and spoons at the screen. It was a lot of fun. And you would think if I, everyone had his attitude, this movie would mm-hmm. have a higher score than 28% on Rotten Tomatoes and would have maybe made a little bit of money. But I don't think I, everyone I, did. Yeah. I think, uh, one, uh, the movie that comes to mind comparatively, I think, besides Aliens, obviously, is, um, is have you seen, have you ever, obviously you probably have seen it, Deep Star Six. I, that's it was the same thing I was thinking, Deep Star Six. Because there was a whole bunch of like movies that that came at that same time. Actually, ten years before, in 1988, mm-hmm. we got both Deep Star Six and Leviathan, and close by the Abyss. So there was this whole like underwater monster precedence. But yeah, a hundred percent the Deep Star Six vibe. I also got a lot of Mummy vibe, which makes a hundred percent sense. With, yeah, with what it is, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I, I will say this: the Deep Star Six. The only thing that this movie was missing was Greg Evagon's beard. <laughs> I don't know what it is in that movie, and I don't know what it is with <laughs> under, underwater films. But when you get like one of those crusty sea dogs with the good facial hair, or in Leviathan, one of the wet bandits from Home Alone getting dispatched and turning yes. into like some sort of Cronenberg aquarium monster. Yeah, I wouldn't have said no to either of those things (laughs) if they wanted to put it in here. Um, I would have said, and I want to issue a correction because I had said that uh, Stephen Summers uh, directed uh, Men in Black. Barry Sonnenfeld directed Men in Black. So I want to correct that because I was trying to figure out which one of them did. (laughs) Sheath your tweets, Internet. And which one of them did The Mummy. And uh, I got them mixed up. But. Thank you for letting me have it, by the way. I had to call myself out. But um, uh, I, I, when 
I think about this movie uh, just having finished it. The one thing I came away from it was uh, came away from it thinking was it should have been funnier. Um, just because I think there is something about the heightened stakes of a giant computer generated tentacle thing chasing you around while you have the largest guns known to man at your disposal. And that I think just needed more comedy. And I think on, on, um, BF in particular, we talk about a lot movies with these hugely uh high concept things going on in the background that for two two long stretches of the film just play it completely straight (laughs) and that's what this movie was doing for like the first third until it got to this like i don't know the score in the beginning of it was like really sort of like daytime game (laughs) showy Like like early '90s specifically daytime game show kind of score, which I kind of dug because I was watching it on I was I started watching it on my phone as I was walking home from the chiropractor, <laughs> so I was just in my ear, sort of just walking down the street listening to the, score. the movie. This reminded me the most of not necessarily in content but in vibe was man. This gave me real big Geostorm vibes, just like taking itself far too seriously the biggest dumb (laughs) like not completely offensive but like i wished i had had friends and more alcohol with me at the time yeah when i was watching um so like it just it gave me those geostorm like if you watch this again later um you're not gonna have as much fun (laughs) but it's just really really dumb that's the vibes that I got. Yeah, it just could have winked at the camera a little bit more uh, yeah. than it actually did. But because it went, and when I say playing it straight, like to the point where like they were trying to give Treat Williams catchphrases and 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 that yeah. kind of thing, and I was just like, well, I just want like it got to the point where you're sort of just like hankering for the monster to show up, and because yeah. uh, and by that by that time it's like. We, we're stuck with uh, Treat Williams, Famke Jensen, the other man who sounds like Bartok from Anastasia. I can't <laughs> remember his name. Uh, Jimmy, the, the character Jimmy. And then uh, their various and sundry crew of, uh, of, uh, of red shirts of color, we'll say. And <laughs> One of whom is not Colin Farrell, but you could have fooled me. I uh, uh, Kano yeah. from Mortal Kombat is who that gentleman was. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to call him not Colin Farrell. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I was actually surprised again, we're older, so the character actors that show up in that crew, that mercenary crew are oh, should have been the main characters. <laughs> but I, yeah. I I agree with you and disagree on the funnier aspects of it, like Everybody was playing it straight, but I do believe that like some of the best lines came from the comic relief. And if they would have went too far into like goofiness, it's that fine mm-hmm. line that they see back in the day when they tried to blend a lot of genres together. It's like right after that eighties, mm-hmm. that nineties period, that between horror when it's evolving, they're doing a lot of that mixing of the flavors and like 
yeah, I think there should have been some more comedic stuff in it, but I think it also played it right by playing like the different characters straight because you don't want like mm-hmm. goofy terrorists, you know, and you don't want like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. And you don't want, but also you don't want like goofy Famke Jansen being like a bumbling cat burglar. But so I think they, they played it pretty well with the comedy of just like one, uh, Benny from uh, The Mummy, yeah. I always fucking love his mm-hmm. character. Every time he was on screen, you know something funny was going to fucking happen. And yeah. then you also that's had, um, that's who he was. Ah! Yeah. I cared See? about, I so, cared about him. I cared about sexy lady thief, Fumpke Janssen, and no Jean one Gray? else. <laughs> Jean, yeah, so. And uh, then, uh, yeah. And then Treat Williams, I think, like, it made him as a lovable rogue. And now, is he as funny or cool as, say, like, Han Solo? Fuck no. But, like, at the same time, I don't think he was like, hey, look at me. I'm Zap Brannigan. You know what I'm saying? I think that would have been, like, <laughs> too he much. He made a really poor impression on me right from the get-go, and it never improved. He, do you know who he reminds me more of? More than Kurt Russell, um... What's his name? The 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 he does all the horrible pure flicks movies now. Kirk Cameron. That's who he reminded <laughs> Get the me of. Fuck out of town. That's slander. I hate to come on somebody <laughs> Am I wrong though? And say you're wrong, but that's slander. You can't even say Tree Williams and Kirk Cameron in the same. That's apples and orange Julius. That's not even the same thing. <laughs> so like. I said it, and I'm, I'm not going to take it back either. He rubbed me the wrong way. I was not a fan, and I was like, I know, A, he's not going to die. Everyone else is, but he's not going to die, and I know he's going to make out with Famke Janssen at some point, which also pisses me off, and um, I was really disappointed uh, when I proved right on both counts because he gave me those, like, smarmy thinks he's great, not terribly competent, but he's the boss for some reason. Kurt Cameron vibes. I, 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 we will agree to disagree because that <laughs> that's almost slander. That's like I told you. That, I'm that's sorry libel, in advance. That's liable to Tree Williams calling him Kurt Cameron. That's fucked up. That's fucked. So. Up. I think you're responding so strongly because you know I'm a little bit right. <laughs> I, I think honestly it's because we both love Treat Williams. If you now listen and despise Kurt Cameron. I would recommend As you should. If that's, you if yeah, you that's why I'm like that's where I'm like ah. <laughs> Well and again, I'm I don't so know sorry. if it's a movie that you would ultimately enjoy, but it's very wacky. Um it's very like very eighties. It's got Treat Williams. Dead Heat. Dead Heat. About zombie cops. Well, that sounds great. Oh my! <laughs> it might be an I mean, interesting like first-time watch for you all. I'm just saying, but it, but be warned, okay. it's Treat Williams paired up with Joe Piscopo, and they don't know who Joe. Piscopo See, okay, is. let me, let me let okay. So I was about to bring it up. This is something that's going to show our age a little bit. And show I, our for age me too. especially. For me especially, Joe Piscopo is a name that I have definitely heard, but is always from people who are at least 10 years older than me mm-hmm. yeah. saying, oh, blank, 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 and also Joe Piscopo or something like that. It is, it's one of, it's just one of those things. It probably also happened on one of those like fake radio credits on an episode of Freakazoid or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we... <laughs> 
<laughs> we keep we keep um when we watch movies on discord like socially distance or whatever we uh i put together trailer packs and stuff for it and the um and when we watch older or not older trailers, the new like indie trailers for movies that are independent coming out. It is the cast list is always so funny because it's always just like person you know, person you know, a uh, newcomer or something like that, and then a name that you would not have thought of in a million years. So it's just like um, movie star, movie star, uh, Emmy nominated TV star, and Blythe Danner. You know, it is. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it, it's just one of those things that I find really really funny. But back to Deep Rising. We open on Treat Williams driving a boat. <laughs> and uh We open a, on Treat Williams playing solitaire while he yells at a woman outside driving a boat. Let's let's be specific here. I mean, it, we can we can break it down to all of its parts and we uh and he is uh being ineffectual and 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 roguish and all of those things that white men did in the 90s and yes and the uh um and then below deck there are uh like we said the uh the the merry band of uh disposable people of color Played by like Jimon Hansu, mm-hmm. played by Wes Studi mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Cliff Curtis and stuff like that. All of these cool, very hot people uh, who I wish had more to do. And the, uh, but they keep like fighting with each other. And I'm just, I was sort of staring or just like watching all of these people argue. And I was like, who, what is this? doing <laughs> who's this for but like i we get it they're uh they're rough and tumble is the point there was Correct? a whole lot of testosterone just like injected straight into the scene and yeah. i kind of like zoned out it, until yeah. they started beating up poor benny from the mummy well it's such a, a there's a even a kind of a reference to predator in terms of the the testosterone and the machismo when they're firing those guns non-stop mm-hmm. and both in you, you ask who it was for it's for every 14 year old boy out there that can't get enough of aliens and robocop and predator and they just want all of those things all in one movie and let me just say again as a 44 year old man that watched this movie for the first time i kind of liked it a lot uh, <laughs> like and i i embrace you know all the absurdity <laughs> no, I embrace all of the absurdity. I embrace all of the machismo because I can laugh at it. Because, and it makes their comeuppance mm-hmm. that much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah but Definitely. Yeah, like you all said, of that stuff didn't annoy me nearly as much as Treat Williams' attempt to be Han Solo. I, 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 and I didn't yeah. dislike really any of them except for Wes Studi. <laughs> because Wes Studi is <laughs> oh. doing all of this stuff. <laughs> Because, because West Studi is one of those characters in the is the character in the action movie who needs to give a gun to someone else, but refuses to give the person the gun, and that is their entire thing. That's the thing I think about. It hits this movie like hits a lot of those familiar tropes in the story. Nothing's crazy groundbreaking mm-hmm. about it, but it's also like comforting, mm-hmm. and, and it's like comfort food movie because it's like okay 
these are these bad guys are gonna get their comeuppance. The roguish hero is gonna get away with the girl, and hope hopefully not too many side characters we care about get off. So like. Yeah, I enjoy those like tropes too. <laughs> Even those corny as yeah. we are. Uh, so we uh, we cut between the the boat that they're on because they they've got a mission, uh, a vague mission that they're talking about, and then we cut to this uh, fancy cruise liner that is named the Argonautica. <laughs> Very good. I- <laughs> I was like, you might as well have painted we want the ship to go down in blood on the side. (laughs) Titanic 2. But that was a rad fucking party, though. Like, I would totally go to that casino party. It was very much the beginning of, like, Temple of Doom, but on a boat. Uh, Anything goes, apparently. That's right. Now... (laughs) Now here's the here's what kills me. If did you all notice that they mentioned that it is a pleasure cruise, and we're talking yes. nothing but probably one percenters that are gathered there. So it's like the SSS Caligula or something. Exactly. Like like, <laughs> did those monsters do us a favor potentially? Because I was afraid of all the nastiness hey, we could have seen. You heard the term "eat the rich." That monster did it literally. <laughs> it did it. That monster is living in 2020 and it didn't even know it. Did it? <laughs> the monster, not the monster we wanted, but the monster we deserve. It's the woke Jew instead of the kaiju. The kaiju. No, the woke Jew. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Oh, yeah. The, just the, the monster from Deep Rising is on Twitter tweeting uh, guillotine gifts at like billionaires and stuff. The, uh, <laughs> the, this is the monster. He ate the rich. Be like the monster. He's <laughs> got the little rose by his username and everything. The um, uh, So we, we, we're, we're on that ship and we see all of this decadence and stuff that's happening and we see the captain. Is he the captain or is he just like the financier? He's the I think Nick he's Nolte looking guy. The financier, I yeah, think. He's the owner of the boat. Yeah. So he he's the owner of the boat and he's welcoming everyone there uh in in this truly spectacular fashion that, like I said, is like a mix between the opening of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and like the the end of Rush Hour 2. Yes, I was um, thinking the same thing about the Rush Hour 2 vibe. <laughs> so um uh then we uh meet Famke Janssen, that's how you pronounce it? Famke yeah, Janssen. she's Dutch. She, and she is there to uh, be hot and, uh, and do crimes. And the... <laughs> I stan. What more do I want than someone who's there to be hot and do crimes? I instantly <laughs> was like, I care about her and only her. Um, so yeah, she's, she's sneaking in trying to, trying, trying to, uh, to snoop around and, and see where she can get. And she gets caught by the Nick Nolte looking guy and thrown in the brig because ships have brigs. And, well, kind uh, of, they were like, it's not done yet, but <laughs> yeah. throw you in the food storage and call it a brig. And I'll be honest when she was in there and she had her little like sushi tray poured out and living it up. that's a good place to be yeah. stuck in. I was like, sure, hell yeah, throw me in there. 
I was okay with that. She had the champagne. Yeah. She had the horse duvers. She's she's sitting on top of the fucking world. And our financier is Anthony Heald, <laughs> who is another the classic. Horse duvers. The, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he's uh, he was the head of the psychology department in Silence of the Lambs. He's the one. Oh, where, he's okay. the one where Hannibal Lecter's like, I'm having an old friend for dinner, <laughs> and so like chased him at the end. <laughs> See, and that connection when we saw it, then they go, oh, yeah, that's that's why, again, this is a movie that will reward rewatches down the line because you're going to be able to pull in friends and go, you'll never believe who's in this, like, you know, cheesy monster film from the late 90s. That guy, that gal. Captain Captain, he was... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was one of the diplomatic immunity guys from Lethal Weapon 2. That's right. Yep, he sure was. And um, the uh, and one of the other terrorists that we didn't get to talk to uh, talk about the uh, not the not Jax from uh, or it was Jax or which Kano. one Kano from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was uh, not it, Colin it, it was someone not <laughs> Colin Farrell him. But the other white dude who was a part of the terrorists is. Um, uh, what's his? I can't remember his name, but he's a, a Mr. Hyde. Jason in Fleming, fucking League of Extraordinary. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> all I know him as is Mr. Hyde. So Gosh, I was like, Doctor Jekyll. I was like, how did this? How did this cast come about? It's like it. This is this is the this is the '90s monster movie version of the movie The Perfect Score. <laughs> we. <laughs> It's got all of these people for no reason. So, or uh, or like not a, not another teen movie or something. So, uh, our our paths end up uh, 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 crossing here when one something uh, crazy is happening on the radar and it hits the ship and the ship uh, just goes uh, goes bananas and uh, we we don't get to see what it is yet. But we cut back to the uh, ship pirates, and uh, they and, and they are trying to get to this boat so they can also be hot and do crimes. That was a cool ass par- uh, chaos mm-hmm. scene when the um, thing first attacks. It goes on for a long time, and there's a lot of great mm-hmm. scenes of chaos before any monster action, like during the. Uh, like let's get out of here well, shit when that lady gets trampled and like, and it should be noted mm-hmm. again for maybe some of your younger viewers or you yourself since you are younger um i don't know if steven summers <laughs> we are old my friend it's okay i'm glad i'm glad we'll be done with this before 10 because it's my bedtime but but there's definitely a reference to some toilet trauma as we've got a ghoulies reference in there with that lady in the midst of all the chaos, getting getting tore up from the floor up, literally, and like, yeah, that is like that. That's not even good. That sucks. Just when you thought it was, first of all, fuck cruises, okay? Because like, <laughs> the the minute you go into the ocean, you are no longer on the top of the food chain, and I don't like that. You are as soon as you dip your foot in the ocean, you're knocked down a couple of pegs, and so I'm not gonna no, yeah, go on a fair. boat. Let alone like a boat where things can swim up the fucking gully and into your like porthole, and that's not cool at all. And into your porthole, just like all that kind of crazy shit, giant sea monsters or anything. Fuck all that noise. Not and pirates, because like that—that that is a bad cruise line in general, I, especially in 2020. 
I concur about the ocean. I love the ocean, but just like as an abstract concept. Right. <laughs> I love I really I really like like a Saturday morning in the winter with like a an ocean documentary on my couch preferably with DVD commentary and that's as close as I want to get. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> so I am completely there with you. This is the mo- this is terrifying to me. Micah is afraid of space. I'm afraid of mm-hmm. like uh things that involve drowning, things that involve uh, uh sea monsters that will make you drown, uh so on and so forth. Yeah. It freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, weirdly so- enough I do okay with boats. Like I'm not a big fan of like movies with submarines because it gives me those similar claustrophobic space vibes but space is infinitely worse i'm like okay with boats and i love swimming in the ocean and i don't really get seasick funnily enough so um i get every other kind of sick but not seasick so that didn't freak me out as much but i can definitely see why like boats would be a thing for people i i have tentatively i have tentatively gotten her uh sort of tacit permission to show her jason x ha oh jason well x is yeah because rad. that sounds hilarious <laughs> jason x is great jason x is go at it as a horror comedy you will be pleasantly surprised it is because it is fantastic. the reason how he got me with this is that the scary thing isn't space, space. like jason's the scary thing it's just in space for some inexplicable reason. Like, I love sci-fi. Like, I love, like, Doctor Who and, like, that kind of space. Like, engaging with space in that way. But, like, fuck gravity. And, like, at Astra, absolutely not. Like, Couldn't get her to go see First Man. Couldn't, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck like no. Because <laughs> no if you think about it, underwater is just space on earth i mean there's like uh-huh. yeah but if you swim long enough there will be oxygen eventually <laughs> Not i mean you might get the bends but a, like, like in the mariana trench and shit you can't oh well i mean i don't do like sea caves but like i'm <laughs> terrified of caves <laughs> but have you seen the descent yeah avoid the descent nope no thanks okay Yep, yeah. that one. Oh my goodness! And I say that I love the movie, like but it's terrifying. It will give you claustrophobia, even if you don't have it. And I do like bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have it. I, I don't have it bad, but as a big guy myself, I like my space. I like my elbow room. So like this quarantine's yep. been great. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, aren't you tired of staying at home? No, I could go. I could go a couple of. Uh, I could go another fiscal year. <laughs> <I could>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, eventually these things converge because uh, our uh, our, uh, our merry band of pirates, led by West Duty and Treat Williams, uh, are on the boat now because they're there again. As I said, to be hot and do crimes. And the uh, they get there and uh, shit is just wrecked. <laughs> like uh, the things, uh, like it, everything is thrown around. There's blood everywhere. Nobody can seem to find a body, but there's blood everywhere. So what do you do when you're in a dark place uh, and you don't know what's going on and there's blood everywhere? You guys know. You split up. So uh, they... <laughs> They split up because we're in Scooby-Doo now. <laughs> and the <laughs> and uh, Treat Williams 
and uh, and Jimmy and Cliff Curtis and Kano are together and then West Duty and other people with guns go somewhere else and that's when the monsters start showing up uh, we get some like Jaws action where you can't really see what's going on but it's uh, it's uh, something obviously is happening mm-hmm. I want to talk about the creature design mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan and 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 sometimes a pretty harsh critic of creature design um mostly mostly recent creature design uh just because uh every almost every monster movie major monster movie that comes out now uh seems to be working in like a post cloverfield world where like everything looks like the monster from kirk clover yeah and and they're like backwards and (laughs) their mouths open and they have the mandibles and stuff like that but i actually uh kind of dug this uh it it was it, it it really reminded me specifically of the cgi hydra from hercules from the Disney Hercules movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the with the the eyeballs and the big purple monstrosity. Mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I got that. I liked it um, the best when it seemed like it was a bunch of different monsters rather than one. I, I'm not gonna lie, I chuckled pretty good when I saw that it was just a big octopus. <laughs> um, but like. <laughs> Up until then, when it had those, like, I don't know what the name of the flowers are, but they seem to be a popular, like, creepy mouth design where it, like, opens up in a bunch of directions, like that one kind of Venus flytrap. Like, Stranger Things did it. Um, lots of things have done it. Um, but that's, like, generally creepy. And, like, seeing mouths mm-hmm. come out of mouths, like, that's pretty gross. Um, yeah. So I, But I liked it better. It felt scarier when it seemed like the ship was infested with tons of them. It kind of took some of the tension out of it when you see that it's like one big thing, because then later when they're riding around of it on it, on the ski do um, being chased by it, you know, okay, it's just one creature and like nothing's going to pop out of other doors and stuff because we've already seen where the big boy is. So, um, but up until then, when it seemed like it was just a bunch of worms with multiple mouths, like that was kind of fun. Well, it should be noted that the creature design and a lot of the practical effects were put together by Rob Bottin, who a lot of people remember from The Thing back in 1982. Mm-hmm. So you can see why there's definitely some interesting the mouths opening up and a lot of tendrils and very slimy. Well, let me ask both of you so since much this is. Goop both of your first time viewings, how did you react when the horror elements hit? Because there's some graphic deaths, some graphic reveals. Were you prepared for that at all? Not until like the middle. Because like you yeah. said, it had that, that Jaws aspect of it. But then once, um, once you see the body melts and the axe in the heads and shit like that. Yeah, I would think the first like really graphic one was, I don't know, I think his name was Billy. And he's like half melted and he's still alive and like half his mm-hmm. head is gone. I don't know, man. Am I too desensitized? I was just kind of like, oh yeah, that's gross. <laughs> I think I'm too desensitized to it though. Like I gore is not at all what scares me. I'm so much more scared by like atmospheric, like ghosts and demons, that kind of horror than I am by just like gross gore stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I can, it was, it was um, neat that he like 
oh, you think he's dead, but he just got vomited up and he's like half digested. That's gross. I thought it was gross. Uh, for me, I think that um, I can handle gore when it is like over the top and silly. And this mm-hmm. really was in that realm for me. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, when, it's, silly. it's when like movies nowadays try to get to the point where they're trying to make the kills look realistic and stuff like that. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've seen unsolved mysteries. I don't, I don't need this. So the, uh, but, but when it, when it comes to like uh, stuff, like you said, the, the guy worked on the thing, I can handle the thing because I know that that is really outlandish and stuff like that. The guy being half digested, super outlandish, the sort of smoking regurgitated carcasses yeah. <laughs> of people <laughs> just like hanging out. <laughs> just like goopy skeletons. Actually, you know, the gore thing that affected me the most in this is when the bad insurance fraud committing dude at the end jumps down onto the boat and breaks the shit out of his leg. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. See the bone. That, that was mm, the that, best That's the stuff I can't handle. I wasn't expecting that act of the head and especially being so graphic because up until then, mm-hmm. it was all like shadow play and like the creature yeah. in the corner. And the first like technical kill we see is fucking the doctor from Silence of the Lambs putting an axe through the dude's head just like stick yeah <laughs> yeah graphic jamin hansu yeah jamin hansu went out and i was just like oh damn every, every <laughs> all the brown people gotta die for tree williams and <laughs> i was like ah damn the death that pissed me off the most was layla you have <gasps> two women in this movie two of them well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of women, but they get immediately <laughs> melted and they're all in a pile of goopy skeletons. So, like, speaking-wise, you have exactly two women, and only one of those is a woman of color, and she dies fucking immediately. And, like, off-screen, like, she's one of the shadow kills. You just see her get, dra- like, dragged into some broiling water, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then the only other woman you have for the rest of the time is sexy lady thief Pamka Janssen and... That made me mad because then it's just dudes, just dudes everywhere, (laughs) except for the one woman who gets to be the sexual prize for fucking Treat Williams. I, I, gosh, I didn't mind Layla's death as much, or I would not have minded Layla's death or her dying at all as much if we had just gotten to spend more time with her. I really liked hers Mm -hmm. and Jimmy's relationship. Yeah, Yeah, I was was like, that was pretty cute. So, uh, and there's a, there's a nice little sort of callback moment to it tor- at the end where, when Jimmy finds out and I was like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's sad. Yeah, um, the movie remembers at the last second, they were like, oh yeah, we established this relationship. I guess she would say her name one more time. And honestly, yeah. honestly, in 1998, I think we should be lucky we even got that, to be honest, which is yeah. horrible to say. It, yeah, it, it's yeah. a super diverse cast for the time. Right. Yeah. Just overall. So. Well, you know what's funny is she also starred in the same year in Deep Impact as well, which had another abyss and a Leviathan Deep Star Six thing because it was Deep Impact and Volcano and Dante's Peak mm-hmm. and Armageddon and all that. Uh, going back to the seventies disaster films. I don't know if her agent had mm-hmm. something there or, but yeah, she had a Too thing that year, man. Yeah. Now we're sort of all aware that monsters are here. 
but West Duty still will not give Tree Williams a gun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 is and is trying to like uh maintain dominance over a situation that he has no control over. So uh, uh now everyone's just trying to get off of the the cruise liner and back to their ship. But uh, one thing I find really interesting about the creatures and the way that they're uh, the way that they're designed, or the creature and its tentacles and the way that they are designed, is uh, there are these cool things when they're running down these corridors or mm-hmm. jet skiing through the corridors, is that you just see this sort of tangled mass of gray flesh just like yeah. following them around, which I thought looked really cool. And there's this shot where. Uh, uh, Tree Williams is on the ground and the gun has been knocked out of his hand and one of the tentacle things comes out of the pipes. Mm-hmm. That specific VFX shot is so good for Yeah, I was really pretty impressed with the special effects overall. Yeah. That's the scene right before you see Fomka just like screaming and kind of crying and shooting the gun haphazardly and killing it. I was like, that is a mood. She didn't yeah, I was about to say. Shit. I was about to say. To be fair, that's exactly how I would be if I had to. Oh shoot the yeah, absolutely. The, the like I'm gonna shoot it, but I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm going to be screaming while I'm doing it. And then after, she's just like, "Okay, we did that. So let's just move on because <laughs> that happened." So on that aspect, that movie's pretty realistic. <laughs> yeah, in that particular <laughs> moment, where... monsters and shit. <laughs> yeah. They do like to touch upon the human condition that is, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about the good VFX scares, but I think like what worked best for me was, I mean, of, of course the CGI 498 wasn't bad, but then the practical aspects of it. When they were um, in mm-hmm. that hallway and you see the monster push against the metal door, and of oh, course you yeah. see that cool old trope of the door kind of bending into the monster's will, but then when it spreads out to the side and it just makes everything mm-hmm. more like because we've seen, we saw it in this movie where they're running in the hallway and it's like, I call it the tremors effect when they're running down the thing and like the, you just see the Bugs Bunny trail behind him. But to see him on the mm-hmm. walls like that, come after it, I thought it was a really cool uh, a shot mm. effect. Yeah, when they're able to use more practical effects than CGI is when it definitely looks the best. And honestly, I think that's still true today. Like at the end of the day, practical effects are always going to look better. Absolutely. Did it, did y'all have a favorite kill in the movie? Oh goodness! Um, I uh, you know what? I would have to actually the West Studi's death. I yeah. thought was pretty great because yeah. you think initially when uh, Kevin J O'Connor's character gives him the gun, he's gonna just do the obvious. I'm gonna kill myself, and then he mm-hmm. takes a shot at him. And he's like, "You asshole." That did I did laugh at that. And then he finally gets <laughs> finally is absorbed by the monster. That one was pretty good. Again, speaking of comeuppance and yeah, everything. Yeah, it, was the, it was the good comeuppance because like like, like he said mm-hmm. they cuz I keep calling him Benny cuz he's Benny from the mummy. But um Joey, I think. Joey, when Joey Joey, yeah. He has that like should I shoot him or not? And like West Studi is just saying with his eyes like this fucking hurts, kill me, right? And then again, to be betrayed mm-hmm. by that, there was so much crisscrossing betrayal on this. I was like, you fuckers, you know, everybody, you fuckers. But that's what I liked. It made, it made things spicy. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Cliff Curtis death because I, I just, I have 
very fond memories of watching old monster movies where the, the monster is in the water where people are just getting dragged violently. from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen really violently mm-hmm. he's being like thrown into different things also and it it was like really intense and i was like oh wow that's 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 spooky and aggressive. <laughs> and, then, and then it ends with a good splat at the end and just blood just shooting mm-hmm. out of the thing. That was a really great kill. Mm-hmm. I w- the only thing I, I would have wished for the e- more boom, 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 just like the whole metal, like almost three Stoogian sound of it. But <laughs> I think that would have made it infinitely better. But at the same time, it was because we normally like you said we've seen that before like with jaws being thrashed around and even with other ones maybe a one or two hit but this fucking squid thing he knocked his ass out six seven eight times before he takes him back and gives him a proper thrashing so like he's a fan of orca the killer whale yes he is yes Yes, (laughs) uh man orca fucked me up when i was a kid it'll mess you up again Oh my that goodness! Movie is sad. A whale revenge movie. So good. So good. I was like, cause uh, it, it's one of those. It's one of those things, especially when you sort of uh, were really young. When we were really young, is that there always seemed to be like this dual thing where there was like a horror movie, but then there was also like for some reason a children's film that featured that exact same animal or thing (laughs) and just because there was like orca and there was free willy there was beethoven and cujo oh no and like (laughs) Mm -hmm. are you saying there's a lot of traumatized kids because they had dipshit parents there's a grumpy cat christmas and pet cemetery there's like all sorts of shit (laughs) oh my gosh um so yeah the uh there uh trying their best to get off the ship people are getting picked off one by one and it is uh another thing like the roland emmerich godzilla uh, my favorite trope in these monster movies is when the monsters are super super sneaky even though they would be making so much noise if they were actually there um uh what the one guy gets uh when they're in the kitchen um the 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 monster tries to sneak up behind him once and he ends up killing one of the the tentacles or whatever and then the other one is just he turns around and the other one's just right there and i'm just like how would you not hear that (laughs) i loved that scene because he's standing there and he's got his back to the monster but everybody else all of whom have guns in their hands are Mm -hmm. watching the monster sneak up on him and none of them says a word they just watch <laughs> do it. And they're just like slowly backing away. And he's like asking them, he's like, what's back there? What's back there? Not a single one of them takes a shot at the monster. No, they're just like, well, sucks for him, but it's going to eat him and not me. So go on ahead. I ain't even mad at them though. Cause he was like, fuck you guys. We're staying here. And everybody's like, fuck you. We want to get out of here. No, we're staying here. Like, okay, you can stay. And you, <laughs> so like, no, I, totally, I wouldn't say let shit. Him get eaten. I mean, I'd be like, yeah. But at least, in his credit, at least he went out swinging in a way because he shot mm-hmm. behind him without looking. I mean, at least that's better than turning around and going, you, you already know something's there. You know, at least, like, take yeah. a couple of shots. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so um the <laughs> uh they they manage to um break out and they uh find the um they actually they get split up again because uh Joey goes with West Duty and uh Famper Jensen is with uh <laughs> yeah cuz Famper Jensen is with Tree Williams as they are want to be and um They're the guy who is oh, who owns the boat. I don't understand characters like this. Because at this point, everyone's life is in danger. <laughs> yeah, and you just like... like you, no, one, no one can get off of this by themselves or alone. But, they, but this, this type of person is so convinced that they alone can like not only kill everyone here, doom them all to their deaths, but also make it off of the boat alive. And I was just like, and make money he was the one that I was really waiting, and make money off of it. He was the one I was really waiting for to die. I gotta say, I would have found that more unbelievable before 2016 than after. Mm, yeah. We elected that dude as president. Yeah. Believe me, there were multiple times throughout, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. a little on the nose, but it's... But, <laughs> to fuck that dude. Okay, so, like, all politics and whatever aside if you're besieged on a monster and there's three sedus at least with three sets of keys <laughs> instead of chasing after famka jansen just like all right cool take it i got another one i'm out you know just, just take one of the other skidus yeah i'm gonna be a I'll, dick about cool, it you can have it have it i got I, I ain't got time to waste you know one would think yeah, unfortunately, I do believe since technically he's a rich old white man, it's because he's never shared and never showed an ounce of empathy or sympathy. That's why he's a rich white man. Come on now. You don't get there by accident. Folks. That's right. <laughs> right. And by sharing sea dues. You get there by inheriting it. Uh, they they managed to make it to uh, the, you know, outside of the boat and they can see that there is an island that they can escape to. Uh, so long as you know shit gets detonated here uh so they are every everybody is running back and forth uh they try and get uh uh jimmy but jimmy is gone now uh so that's unfortunate and uh they uh can't use the boat so they get on to a jet ski and that jet ski is in every promotional image for this movie mm-hmm. that oh. is available <laughs> as like it did, like I, I i remember seeing a trailer for like two years ago but like all i remember is them just being like treat williams is on a fucking jet ski guys get <laughs> ready get ready get ready also this movie has the best not the best maybe not the best but one of the best taglines for a movie i've ever heard which is full screen ahead oh Oh, god damn it that's really good (laughs) all the horror dads love that one it literally just said the poster just says full screen ahead uh there's two posters there's one that's just like a giant eye which is just like Mm -hmm. for the first like half of the movie i was like where's the eye coming in (laughs) and then the other one is just like one of the tentacles and then Treat Williams and Femke Jensen on the ski-doo running away from an explosion. But yeah, the, well, when they, sh- the the eye, they show up, when they get to like the ballroom area where everybody was when the ship first got attacked, there is just 
a mountain of these like uh smoking bloody hubba bubba corpses yeah, they and like, like, like skeletons as far tape. as the eye can see and you know what i would i really wish that anaconda had gone this far because i showed micah anaconda for the first time last week because mm-hmm. she had never seen it um and i and there's a part where um the anaconda eats and then eventually regurgitates republican crackpot john Voight. <laughs> and the and uh but it he just like com- he doesn't come out as the smoking husk of a skeleton of john Voight. he just comes out as a lubed up goopy john Voight. <laughs> would you still want him the skeleton husk to like wink and smirk yeah kinda <laughs> yeah like he just yeah, comes out yeah i do out. wish that he'd come out like billy had that guy billy the one that was half digested that would have been kind of fun and still winking like we're going to hunt on the front of the i'm john boyd and i'm oh, gonna God. talk like this monk. <laughs> That's when such I a good impression of, of exactly what he's talking gave about. Gave me an eye twitch. I swear to God, it probably lasted for days. <laughs> that's a that's also a weird movie too. They're, they're like in terms of monster movies from the nineties, it's just like they were able to put together pretty uh, pretty interesting casts because uh, that one's got Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, fucking Rocky Dennis, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <laughs> the the snake thinks he looks like a lion, so it's fine. One of these days, I'm gonna go to sleep and never slither again. Oh, that's but, horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's so horrible. No. Uh, Sorry for all you uh, Bogdanovich fans out there. That's uh. <laughs> no, but going back to like uh, we were talking about the Roland Emmerich tropes, um, especially with the '90s, the whole hallway explosions and running from them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. On the scene of all things, hence the promotional posters. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. It added like, okay, now it is monsters and explosions. Yeah, and after pirates. everything else that had happened, I honestly would have been disappointed otherwise. Visually, right. it does not explain how they get off the boat with the sea dew. <laughs> like, you see them running through like elevators, but that's the last thing you see before shit just blows up because it then oh turns God. back to and the big just, octopus like, thing. Elevators, and they just shoot the up and down buttons and it just causes the door to open and then shut like it would function normally video game logic but he, well, here's Dude, the thing why didn't he aqua. give her the shotgun you're doing something else you're she driving can't, she can't shoot a gun with her delicate lady fingers he's gotta shoot it and uh, yeah i was just like why does he have to one it that is really dangerous for her for him to just be swinging the oh, goddamn shotgun tonight <laughs> so uh but they they don't show how they get off of the boat but they uh, they do they're in the water the boat explodes <laughs> and uh and then they make it to uh the island that they saw when they were on the boat and then the and then they smooch pedos explode the monster the pirates then they're they're payload payload yeah, you see the monster explode in all its goopy glory. Well, I like that eye shot he gave that monster though when he shot that fucker. That was really good. That was cool. Yeah, and, and it also like goopy. a weird Cloverfield like monstery thing. Just the face, but I agree. I do like it better when it, was, it seems like there's like a million of them. 
as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. But that part gave me a, a lot of faculty vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, she's never seen the faculty either. I've got to change that. Uh, the um, uh, you know what it kind of reminded me of though was the big nasty Michael Rooker monster at the end of Slither. Slither, Slither yeah. yeah. Great, yeah, great, great. I want that that movie has the dumbest joke in the world that I still find funny to this day. I saw it when did Slither come out in two thousand six? That yeah, it did actually. Yeah, so I so what what was I was uh yeah so I was thirteen when that movie came out and I went to see it and there's this this <laughs> thing um where somebody says something to Nathan Fillion about a gina and then this little boy looks up at him uh, and and goes what's a gina. <laughs> And then the dad turns to him and says it's where it's where Chinese people come from. Oh, God. And I and I to this day when I watch that movie, I holler at that joke because it's so funny. It is it is horrifically inappropriate, but it is so funny. Slither's and wonderful. yeah, Slither's great. I love Slither. Um Zero <laughs> What you'll have to do is you're going to have to have Micah do a double feature of Slither and Night of the Creeps. It'll be the ultimate wormy, squidly diddly double feature. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. yeah what a this time that lots... sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, stuff that, stuff, stuff, that, stuff that Slithers really gets me, but that's the kind of thing I, I can't watch. <laughs> um, but the, uh, yeah, they make it to the island. They're smooching because I guess they got it. And the... <laughs> And then, uh, right when everything's calmed down, who shows back up? Joey. 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 I'm glad he survived. So apparently, the original cut of the movie, he did not survive. And after mm-hmm. test screenings, people flipped their, you know what, and they're like, "We need more Joey." And sure enough, he survives. He's the only one anybody likes. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> only likable character there. Um, but yeah, he he shows up. There's some banter. There's some bants, as Michael likes to say. And the um, and then you hear uh, all of this roaring and slithering coming from the island, and that's because originally this movie was supposed to lead into like a King Kong movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked rather sequel baity in the dumbest way possible. Oh, oh, oh man, that's crazy! I love the idea of Monster Island. That is the fucking greatest no monster idea. island sounds fine but they've just gone through this entire <laughs> other movie without being sequel baby a monster island is cool in theory but you have to have it in practicum you know what i'm saying it's like so just let them show up at a monster island they just did this entire movie they land on a beach and then yeah. they turn around and, they're on and a volcano is just going off continues. and it cuts to black I was mad about it. I thought it was really dumb. <laughs> it was literally, Stephen Summers was literally contracted before this movie kind of bombed to reboot King Kong as a sequel to this movie. I'm, I would have been all for it. I would have been all for it. I'm telling you, but, but what's wow. crazy is you mentioned that this movie did not do well. In fact, in 1998, I pulled this up. The top grossing horror films of that year, you had uh, Halloween H2O, I still know what you did last summer. Urban Legends, uh, Sphere, and Bride of Chucky. And Yeah, so nobody was really checking for this. No, not at all. I mean, if you look at those, I mean Sphere, kind of, because that's technically an underwater monster movie, but yeah. but no, it's again, and 
I'm curious then because I listen. I I had a blast with this viewing. It was only my second time. Genius, obviously. You know, he's grown grown up with this movie. What I'm curious is, did you have enough fun with this movie that you would maybe recommend it to other people? Nope. <laughs> I would recommend. I told you. I, I told you I was gonna upset you when you didn't listen. Ooh, that's not upsetting. <laughs> I, you you've got your legit <laughs> views on that. I, yeah. <laughs> I would recommend it to other people who like monsters, who who like big, uh, big giant monster movies like I do. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily know if I am hankering to watch it again. Personally, I like I probably look the kills up on YouTube or something like that. But like that is <laughs> that go. is Just really do the YouTube supercut of it. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, it's just like I there wasn't any particular performance outside of Joey that really stuck out to me, and even that was kind of muted. Um, and the uh, I think the rewatchability. Fa- I, a, a big thing about rewatchability is that uh, once a movie you've seen a movie that has a long build up to where things go crazy, uh, you have to learn to appreciate that build up. And I don't think that I would learn to appreciate the first like. <laughs> Yeah. 25 minutes of this movie so um for me uh yeah that's uh I, I would definitely recommend it as like a first time watch for people who are really into monster movies uh but uh other than that uh i would i would leave it up to them <laughs> uh, as to whether or not they wanted to watch it again but uh but that was a deep rising and when we come back we're gonna give the movie some freezies i vote we leave who votes we leave and uh, we're back, and this is the point in the show where we give out freezy awards. They can be to things you liked, things that you found funny, things that you forgot shit on in the recap. Greg and Genius, you two are our guests, and our guests get to give their freezies out first. So do you have freezies for Deep Rising? I, of course I have a freezy for Deep Rising, and my, my, my freezy is for Kevin J. O'Connor because he this was kind of the film that made him the Stephen Summer staple that he shows up in all of his movies, in The Mummy, in G.I. Joe, in uh, uh, Van Helsing. And this was, he all his, the stuff that I think a lot of us laugh is a lot of the stuff that he improvised on set. Uh, the girl from Ipamima, the asthma thing. Why do you gotta be so mean? Well, exactly. And <laughs> it, it is that levity that you don't get throughout the film, and I think because he provides it, and everything else is around him very serious. I think he deserves that award alone. And of course, the audience thought so as well. They demanded he survive. So of course he's going to get a freezy. I was saying, goodness. Uh, I was trying to look up who was in Sphere because I forgot. Um, <laughs> Sharon Stone, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman, Queen Latifah, Samuel L. Jackson. Queen Latifah? <laughs> is she really? I, yeah. To the end of a look for CJ. I'm sorry, I love. I think so. (laughs) She is in here. Yeah. (laughs) She's. I'm I'm sorry. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of. Holy shit! Huey Lewis is in it too. Like from from the news from 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 American Psycho fame. (laughs) I was like, oh gosh. So not Um, the one with the news. No, that's Huey Lewis oh, in the news. Is? That hip to be square. That song is mm-hmm. in American Psycho. Okay. Um, but I'm definitely gonna watch it now that now that I know the Queen Latifah is in. <laughs> I love it. I love Queen Latifah. The only reason that I the only I said the only three reasons I would ever want to be famous is because I would want to be on Sesame Street. 
I want to uh, uh, do a, a tribute to Whoopi Goldberg in some fashion somehow. And then I would, and then I want to present Queen Latifah with her Oscar. I don't care what it is for. But, and I don't, and, and, and the, and, and how to make the odds of that even happen, it, it, they're just infinitesimal, but it's my dream. Well, I'm, I don't want to say I'm anything. I'm allowed to have dreams. Well, let me just say, I'm not saying I'm sitting on a, a script of a remake of Theodore Rex CJ, but it has your name all over it, my friend. Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Theodore Rex is on our list. Oh. Theodore oh, Rex is on our oh, list. That one. I have, uh, I have, I, we, we, we have stayed away from Whoopi movies because I don't like disparaging my idol. <laughs> but we get you. Uh, but uh, but but Theodore Rex is, is on the list. But uh, yes, for Kevin J. O'Connor, uh, Greg, do you have uh, some freezies? Or uh, genius, do you have some freezies? Excuse me. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I Kevin J. O'Connor was mine, but I go. I'll go a freezy for um, best underrated CGI for that melting scene. There was a part of it where you could see his hand slowly disintegrate, and was- you saw the sinew and all the gore. And for something small and little like that, I thought it was very well done. I mean. Especially mm-hmm. for, because when you say Deep Rising, it has that stigma of being like, oh, cheesy C- CGI from the... And yeah, it's not as good as it is now, but I like that little small detailed touch that they added to it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that it gets sillier once the the entirety of the Octolus is uh, <laughs> revealed. But um, but especially uh, that sequence uh, with Billy and the half digested like sort of corpse and stuff, that's fantastic. That one shot that I that I called out. Whoever animated uh, the team that animated that one shot deserved like an honorary Saturn Award because they're fantastic. <laughs> but the um, but yeah, uh, Micah, do you have freezies for Deep Rising? I do. Um, I'm gonna give my first freezy to the ski do. Cause why not? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give my second freezy to that that leg break. Um, mm. The the effects on that leg break. I think especially because all of the other deaths were like so over the top. Like the guy with like the half melted. You see his eyeball and his skull's all gone, and he's like goopy and disintegrating like there was a bunch of deaths like that that were like so over the top that just seeing the way that his leg broke and you get a good close-up of it a couple of times and you see the bone and stuff that was really gross so that i think was probably the most effective gore in the whole movie and it really stuck out for being so realistic in the midst of a whole lot of goop um and my last Freezy, I'm going to give to Famke Janssen's outfit change because I really thought they were going to make her wear that damn cocktail dress for the whole movie. And I was like, that's going to be real dumb and I'm going to be really mad about it. Um, I guess I had it coming since we didn't get to watch the first Resident Evil movie where she does wear a red cocktail dress for the whole thing. But uh, but they let her change her clothes. They let her put on pants and like a, a tank top and a, and a shirt over the top. So even if she only existed to be the sexual prize for 
TV's Kurt Russell slash Kurt Cameron. Uh, they let her put good clothes on, so <laughs> those are my freezies. You <laughs> had to get that one last genius. So my freezies for uh, for Deep Rising are as followed. Uh, follows, excuse me. Uh, Kevin J. O'Connor for best supporting uh, uh, Hunch from Rockadoodle, best supporting actor uh, for Kevin J. J. O'Connor. He was very fun and funny. He had those improvised lines; they were nice. He was Rockadoodle. Yeah, he was good. Uh, uh, we we named our best supporting actor award after the character Hunch from the oh. 1991 film Rockadoodle. I was like, I um, remember Rockadoodle. I don't remember Kevin J. O'Connor in <laughs> Rockadoodle. No, we. <laughs> we uh we whenever we give out very specific awards we 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 name them after a specific thing like we have the choreographed uh award for best line reading because uh in the movie you again um <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth is a wedding planner and she choreographed a dance for the the people in the wedding and I found that very funny um but our hall uh, of fame uh, is named after Ethan Embry he was our the first Ethan Embry entry. hall of fame I have a one-sided feud with him and CJ desperately wants to have him on the show and he never will because he's heard the things I've said about him if he ever <laughs> listens to the show. Ethan Embry, please come on the show. I had, um, a, the... <laughs> I had a hope for, for like a, for a while now. I always mixed up Ethan Embry and Ethan Suplee. Like, so... <laughs> How? <laughs> just by the Ethan name alone. Just by the Ethan name alone. So when they're like, oh man, you gotta see the Devil's Candy. It's got like Ethan Embry. I'm thinking Ethan Suplee. And I'm, when they show him, he's all buff. I'm like, god damn, homie Yeah, because I was like... Because like, Ethan Suplee... Homie lost a whole... He lost a schooner size <laughs> amount of weight. It's a Because Ethan... Ethan Suplee... Uh, was so much bigger than uh, than Ethan Embry, and uh, now he's lost all that weight, and he's a giant, buff, muscly guy, and he's still but so not, much bigger. No, they, than they, Ethan Embry. no, they both are. No, have you seen Ethan Suplee? No, he's like swollen jack now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, he's like legit. Like both of them now. You go now and then, it's crazy. Well, I know Embry got swollen crazy. So did Suplee. He did. Oh yeah, you should yes. go. You should go check out his Instagram. <laughs> I believe Suplee he is Supli. Supli. Really? Now the best part, what you all don't see at home, is on the 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 visions that we see with CJ and Mike as the lights lit up as they both go to the uh, the Googles. Supli. <laughs> dot. Um. Now I, have to, I googled Ethan Embry Buff, and I'm really upset to find that you are right. It did happen at one point, so I might not win our inevitable fight. <laughs> Here at Nightmare I'm Junkies, just, we like to change people's stances on a lot of things. <laughs> after after the election, I am totally going to uh, start bothering and bugging Ethan Embry to come on the podcast <laughs> and because he just because, because because right now because right now he seems I, I follow him on Twitter he seems very upset about all of the goings on in the world and I don't blame him so it's probably that's not fair. the best time for no, a request but the <laughs> he might be more chill no. or, or worse after the election <laughs> hopefully he'll be more chill to the time facts episode and just be like fuck you guys. <laughs> Maybe he can't hide away. <laughs> oh god. Ah, da, 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 da. Ah. Fantastic. Um <laughs> the uh 
uh, my second freezy. <laughs> Damn. My second freezy goes to the uh, special effects. Um, I, I think that they are uh, pretty damn good for the time, uh, especially the one shot that I called out and the half uh, digested corpse of Billy. That was really cool and gross to see. Still not as cool and gross as the burrito squidging out of uh, Elden Henson's neck in uh in idle hands that is that is still my favorite scene in any of the below spooking movies this year (laughs) um and uh my third freezy goes to the absolute hubris (laughs) that it takes to make this random fucking sea monster movie and say, oh no, yeah, this is just the welcome mat to my reboot of King Kong. Like, that is... <laughs> the brass fucking balls on Stephen Summers. I don't want to... I'd watch it. I'd see, say... monster I'd see uh, Stephen Summers' Monster Island but all it's, day. It's crazy the fact, though, that then he was handed over because this movie didn't do well but yet he was allowed to handle the reins of the mummy, which which is dope as shit. The and it made a lot mummy, of money. Even mummy too is pretty I dope. can't believe the same director did the mummy. No, that you movie can totally a goddamn see goddamn delight. Well, look at the whole look at the one well, not only Benny, I think you can but see the whole it, yeah. uh, guy half melted. Looks I mean, like... that doesn't look like the first stages of Imhotep. You know, this is this was almost mm-hmm. like his. Yeah. OK, you can't do Kong, but we'll give you the mummy instead, you know, and so. Personally, I think it'd be dope. Honestly, CJ, I think uh, uh, Stephen Summers' Kong would be a great fit with uh, Emmerich's Godzilla to fight. <laughs> I am not saying that I would not have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that the Enterprise in general takes some audacity. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah those are my freezies and this is the point in the show where we decide whether or not the movie is still fresh or freezer burnt Greg and Genius you, you, is deeper yeah yeah I could I could tell you, you, yeah I mean come on now that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great it's called it's he's treat for a reason this we're, whole entire movie is a treat we're Dougie fresh on this side sincerely <laughs> that darn cat <laughs> what a series of words <laughs> Oh man, uh, <laughs> Micah, what say you? Nah, mate, this thing is freezer burnt. <laughs> it was so dumb, but like I did not have fun. <laughs> you didn't have fun. No, like I couldn't stand Treat Williams. Could not stand him. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't. Uh, see just, he played uh, solitaire oh, in the yeah. first scene, and it pissed me off, and he was done for. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm gonna go still fresh. Um. Just because I think it's worth a watch. So, uh, and and the special effects are good. I don't hate Tree, Will- Tree Williams in this movie as much as you do. I think that he's fine. If you want to hate Tree Williams, watch all the, those direct-to-video sequels from The Substitute. Good. Those aren't those aren't as the good. Substitute. Which, if you've never seen the original, who was in the original Substitute? Tom Berenger. Tom Berger. Yeah, so the original substitute is just dangerous minds, but instead of like poetry, he just shoots the kids. Yeah. It's 187 with like less drama. It's like more of a kill. More shooting. 
so uh but uh, but yeah tree williams comes in and 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 uh, maybe they just get more paternalistic and he's just like a dad he's just like oh you got to do what i say before i shoot you um but the (laughs) no the (laughs) so uh yeah for me it's uh it's still it's still fresh um you know i i make fun of treat williams but he's he's fine (laughs) i guess He's no Kirk Cameron. He was the but. dad on. <laughs> he was he was the dad on Everwood on the WB. Oh, which is another movie okay. full of people who are just like you're just like how did you get here? How did you get here? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I am I am what you would call a, a historian of the greatest American network television channel, the WB, and he is yeah. Can confirm. And I, I, I love it so much. And I did watch Everwood for two seasons and then I got tired of being in the mountains of white folks. <laughs> so we uh, <laughs> uh so yeah, that was that was deep rising <laughs> before we go on any more tangents. <laughs> well, Greg and Genius, thank you guys so much for letting me shit all over this movie that you like. <laughs> Quite honestly. And, and I hope not hating me for it. No, not at all. We love it when people have those kind of differing mm-hmm. opinions and everything. It's perfect because it's every movie, every single movie out there is someone's favorite. And like, if that's your movie. You're yeah. Not, if that's your favorite, you're not wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So thank if, you if all for letting us. Oh, yeah. Favorite, you're not wrong too. That's I mean, right. Like, yeah. Do you yeah. know how many nerds, how many like animation nerds that I have to defend my love for the Miramax cut of the Thief and the Cobbler against? Oh, I love the Thief and the Cobbler. I like grew up watching that, but I couldn't tell you which version we had because it was just a VHS. And I was was it on VHS? It was it was the Miramax cut. Okay, well then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I just said we weren't going on any more tangents. Finish. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, Greg, genius. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? What would you like to plug? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at non podcast, uh, on Facebook at Nerds and Nostalgia, and then horror wise, you can find us on. Um, for Nightmare Junkhead, our other horror, all horror podcast, that's at Nightmare Junk on Twitter, um, Nightmare Junkhead on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us at, uh, find me at the Kansas City Horror Club, um, and we we do a lot of stuff for Screenland Armor. So you can go to ScreenlandArmorOnline.com and see a lot of things that we host. Uh, we do a lot of virtual hostings of movies. Uh, we do a two for called a Shutter Shoutout, where we have uh, you watch it two shutter movies we recommend and then we talk about afterwards so go to our facebook page yeah we there's all the shenanigans yep. there and everything yep. yep good folks over there at screen and armor yeah for sure links to all of that in the description slash show notes uh cj where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram at cj period that's c-e-e-j-a-y and the word period i'm assuming you know how to spell it uh, you can find me on Twitter at MikeRenneeB and on Instagram at LowKeyStrokeTheLemur. You can find the show at Below32Pod everywhere. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a like. Give us a follow if you feel so inclined. Drop us a review. Five-star reviews help other people find the show easier. And if you don't think it's five stars, we'd love to hear why. We always want to know what we can be doing better. And a special thank you to Riley Watson, a.k.a. W, for our awesome theme music. CJ, what are we watching next week? Scott Thomas is coming back. Yeah, uh, Scott Thomas, actor and podcaster extraordinaire. You may know him uh, as uh, uh, one of the uh, the triumvirate uh, 
of, of fantastic folks over at the Infinity Pod, uh, and he is coming back, uh, presumably to talk about Michael Fassbender's penis again because we're watching The Snowman. Oh well, then yeah, we will. <laughs> Cut to. So we got to. We we we, uh, we have no choice. He has no choice. It is our lot in life. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're watching next week. <laughs> We'll definitely tune in for that next week, guys. And until then, y'all stay frosty.